and welcome once again to the AFA Podcast, the official podcast for AnimationForAdults.com, and this is episode 67. My name is Rachel, and joining me today is Dan. Hey, Dan. Hey, Rach. Thanks again for joining me this week. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, we're uh, we're going to take a step back from uh, the usual animation talk from uh, movies, and we're actually going to focus today on the 44th Annie Awards which, uh, as of the time of this recording, uh, aired last night on, uh, I think it's streamed online, and I, uh, I was so glad I was able to catch it, because I was, uh, I was on my way home from a, uh, gathering last night, and I just, like, <laughs> I was really worried I was gonna miss it, so I just kind of put the pedal to the metal a little bit, and was, made it, made it home in time, and unfortunately, by the time I got there, uh, the, um, it was, uh, still in its please stand by phase, and by the time it had already started, I was still stuck on that standby phase so by the time I refreshed the uh the window it was already like 20 to 30 minutes into the presentation unfortunately but I was still able to catch everything else that was uh streaming live and um our awesome amazing Denery uh was doing a live uh live tweeting the event and we were just kind of chatting back and forth so it was a real fun time to be able to see the event and uh just kind of just enjoy this celebration of animation and yeah so we're just gonna kind of break down the award ceremony itself and what kind of makes the annie awards its own unique entity in terms of honoring everyone who's involved in the world of animation so um i have to ask uh dan when did you were you able to make some of the uh the show last night or was it running a little bit later on the later end for you it was absolutely on the later end it was uh. a it was a west coast event and i'm not on the west coast i am <laughs> no i it ba- yeah it got to like i think it got to like half past midnight last night and yeah. i checked i checked the website and it said like three hours until the show starts and i was like ah no nope, mm-hmm. too late for me so um but i i was also up too early i think to find any like video of it so i mm-hmm. haven't really seen much i was able to quickly watch um a speech that mamoru oshi gave uh but apart from that i've not seen or heard of much of what went down mm-hmm. well it was a it was a very interesting night i mean uh like i said it was like it was one of the things that i think sets the Annie's apart in terms of those award program. It is the fact that it's, you know, even though it's still very much Hollywood, it does, I, at least in uh, some regard, does, has, does a good job of uh, presenting a sincere, you know, congratulations to everyone um, who works in the animation industry, whether it be feature films, television, or independent, uh, even student films, because there was a really uh, lovely presentation with all the, uh, the student film nominees. Um, but it's, it was a very... Uh, Interesting, because I'm. I've all met. I haven't seen too many other Annie's before this. Uh, Annie ceremonies before this one, but there's just there was just a really unique dynamic with the uh, presentation this year because a lot of the different presenters um, were a really interesting combination of people. And so whenever someone else would come up on stage, they would always be paired with someone who would they would have really good like on stage chemistry with. So like I mean literally mm-hmm. the uh, the very first two out on the um, the stage, um, I feel terrible because I did I, I went out of my way to try to make sure I wrote down everyone's name so I could <laughs> accurately represent them on the podcast but it's I, okay it's a lot to keep I mean it's a three it hour event that's a lot to keep track of it is 
But literally the presentation opened with, um, in terms of the uh, presented for the storyboard categories, with uh, the presenters being, um, I forgive me, I don't know his, uh, his last name, but uh, the actor who plays the sloth in Zootopia doing his trademark, you know, slow, like saying every word, you know, very slowly. <laughs> okay. And um, even the, um, you know, the kind of like the voice overhead narrator was like, Raymond, Raymond, um, we're losing the daylight. <laughs> and then as an executive decision, basically uh, brought up uh, the polar opposite of that, uh, John Machida Jr. <laughs> Who's that? Who, he, um, he was, I don't know if you uh, remember those commercials. He was the Micro Machines man. He's very well known for being able to speak like literally right. talk a mile a minute okay um i remember i think the first time like it was the micro machines commercials and uh um the transformers movie where he was brought on as blur to do the actual you know the fast talking and it was having those two ki- having those two guys just kind of going back and forth trying to present awards was just it was it was so funny and it was it was kind of like that for the whole rest of the night as um each of the different presenters came up and uh you know introducing hmm, the categories. There's, I mean, there's there's a lot like less pressure, isn't it? It seems yeah, like, there was. It seems like people are actually just out to have a fun evening. <laughs> Would you believe that, it? That really in in like a perfect summation, that is exactly what it was last night. And I have to say, that's probably like. I'll probably I might watch the Oscars, but I guarantee you it's not gonna I'm not gonna enjoy it as much as I did the uh, the Andes this year because I think that was like the the bottom line for everyone involved in putting this together was the fact that we're just we're just gonna have as fun a time as possible enjoying this art form and uh, the people who did really well and just you know and, and just celebrate it as a whole and that's mm. it was really awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, there was some other really. Uh, interesting like presentations like even when it wasn't talking about the individual categories they also had a couple different nods to different um organizations like um i'm trying to remember how to pronounce the uh organization's name asifa yeah asifa hollywood Hollywood pretty much organized the annies Mm -hmm. and you know they offer different um you know topics about different uh like one of their their restoration program that they have going on in terms of restoring old animation footage and what they're trying to do in order to, you know, mm-hmm. re- you know, remaster a lot of old uh, footage. And one of my personal favorite um, presentations that happened, uh, I think it was introduced by um, uh, John Musker and Ron Clements, was a uh, uh, talking about a documentary film called Life Animated. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. Is, that's, is that the... Um, is, is, I, I, I'm... I'm gonna get it wrong. <laughs> Can you describe it? It's um, it's a documentary film about um a young man named Owen who um, at, I believe as they said at the age of three he kind of uh, he kind of shut down and kind mm. of went into himself and just kind of like really just couldn't communicate with anybody. Is he but, li- was he living with um Asperger's or autism? Um, I I think it was autism. I think that they right. said the uh, the promotional video that they put on the uh, the Annies and and but you know through you know his parents working with him, they actually uh, shared a lot of you know Disney animated films with him, and that you know their help combined with you know just you know being exposed to this all this wonderful anime these animated films really kind of helped bring him back out of his shell. And it's a from the way they presented it, it looks like it's a phenomenal movie, and I. 
want to mm. watch it as soon as I'm as soon as I can. Yeah, I've been he- I've been hearing about it for a while. Um, yeah, and, and it it sounds like an amazing story, doesn't it? It is, and it was really sweet because uh, before uh, John Clements and uh, or no, I'm sorry, I Ron Clements and John Musker. I am terribly sorry. Names are getting confused. Um, before they actually were able to, pres- you know, get everyone involved with the film up on stage, um, they had the, you know, they had a promotional video for the uh, documentary, and it was it, that was introduced by Gilbert Gottfried. Right, because it was he's so he's, cool. He's significant, isn't he? Because, um, as I understand it, um, the uh, Owen's like story kind of begins when his dad mm-hmm. tried Iago's voice. Iago, the yes. parrot from um, Ormacor, from uh, Aladdin. From Aladdin, yeah. And mm-hmm. and he sort of was able to talk to his dad only through... <laughs> doing, doing that character's voice. And that's, I, I just think that's the cra- that is the coolest thing. It's, it's hilarious, but I also feel very sorry for anyone who had to listen to... <laughs> <laughs> It's a Gilbert to uh, a Gilbert Gottfried impression. It's you know it if it works. Whatever it works, works. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but no, that was it was a really that was a really moving presentation. I was like I said, I'm very eager to get an opportunity to uh, to see that documentary for myself, and hopefully, I think I believe it's still um, going through film festivals at the yeah. moment. Yeah. But um, I'm I am very much looking for the day forward to the day that this uh, this documentary gets like a released to a, a wider public after the um, the film festival uh, circuit. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, um, I really other than this particular uh, presentation, I haven't seen too many of the other Annie Awards. I think mainly because of the fact that most of the time I would I assume like award programs like this would be presented you know via you know usual television programming and i remember the like the past couple days as i was getting ready for the um for the annies to start i was looking on you know on my cable television looking to see like okay well which channel's playing it and i was shocked to see that it wasn't anywhere mm-hmm. so i yeah. think that's probably the reason why i've missed it so many years in a row and again i was really happy i was able to just narrow it down to just online streaming and watch it from there but um Dan, if you like, I wasn't sure if you had more experience with seeing, you know, um, Annie Awards past. And I've sometimes caught them before in the past. Yeah, it's always been a bit of a blur for me because it means staying up, you know, mm-hmm. until three o'clock yeah. in the morning, and and it's a bit more like like people. I think people sometimes do stay up for the. I remember doing that at the at university, staying up to watch the Oscars, mm-hmm. but. It's, there's less of a party atmosphere doing it <laughs> with the Annies. It's more like just waiting until four o'clock in the morning or whenever it starts, to, <laughs> looking at your phone and yeah, maybe maybe it's usually a bit of a blur for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's cool because it's not um, because it's not televised in a way, so it doesn't go through that that sort of um, that filter. It, yeah. Of TV, so it's good and bad. Like you've got, you know, you have to watch the full show, and it's like a three-hour-long ceremony. So there's that. Like it does get a bit boring in places, and you start to, you know, 
mm-hmm. shifting your, your seat a bit. Um, but also you've got it leaves in all of the um, all of the awards, so you you get to sit through people celebrating you know really obscure things like editorial for uh, 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 TV shows, animated TV shows, or storyboarding mm-hmm. or voice acting, and you know the, the sorts of things which are usually never broadcast anywhere. Um, here are like the main event. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I like watching them. Really. Yeah, it's it's a it's a nice it's a nicer atmosphere than the usual um, big award shows. Exactly. Yeah, I got I, that's the vibe. That's the vibe I got. Like I said from from this particular show, there was a lot. Mm. I, I guess chill isn't the right word, but there was a lot more. There was a lot more celebration. A lot more just kind of like. There, there, like, there was a certain like kind of like a formal, you know, with a, any kind of award ceremony, there is kind of like a, you know, a formal standing that you have to hold yourself to. But at the same time, yeah. it looked like a lot of the people involved, or that at least were presenting the different awards, were just having a, we're just having a grand old time. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that, th- that translates to the audience. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a spirit that I recognize, um, which is that the industry is really small, actually. And you, you get it, like, I've seen that sort of atmosphere in, in France, in in Annecy, when the animation festival's on, where it just feels like a congregation of a community, rather than um, anything, yeah, anything too too scary or too serious, frankly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, quite, it's quite nice and, yeah, I, I think it's okay to call it slightly more laid back, because it it is in the nicest way <laughs> and and also there's less of an atmosphere of winning and losing um even though the annies have sort of gained a lot of traction in the last few years as well mm-hmm. and are more influential i think than they've been uh before how would you, how would you say that they're more influential um, than years past. Just influential on other award shows, really. Mm-hmm. And they have a bit more um, media pension, me, uh, media attention paid to them. It seems. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like you, like I think, um, like Variety did a rundown piece of them. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, you know, which I don't know when that started, but I don't. Yeah, just 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 in the general sense, really. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, considering even uh, you know, as we've said on numerous occasions when we've discussed you know the the animated films of 2016, that it was just like a, a very very phenomenal year, um, despite everything else that was going on uh, in 2016. That I think they were they made sure to take the the time to acknowledge that as well, and I think because of that, you know so many more of these animated films are getting attention and are loved by so many people that, you know, when it comes to, you know, saying, okay, who's the best of the best or who, you know, is getting acknowledged for, um, and who's involved in those movies and, you know, getting that, you know, people who worked on them getting acknowledgement for all the hard work that they put into, you know, say like Kubo and the Two Strings, Utopia, Troll Hunters, which I know did, had a really good, uh, really good night. And they were able to get, uh, I think a good hand. I wouldn't say a good handful of the awards, but just lately a few, a few good ones. And I was also really happy to see that uh, Pearl 
got a lot of uh, got a lot of screen time. Not so much in winning. I mean, it did win a, it did win a few awards, which was really good. But um, it also had like a they had a, a piece talking about the uh, Google Spotlight stories, which has played a big part in uh, bringing that film to life. The um, kind of software program that they used to create it, and I have to say, the more that I saw of Pearl, because I've, I've unfortunately have yet to see it or, or experience it, since it is a um, a VR animated uh, short. I, the more I see of it, the more I want to see if I can track it down. Because oh, I, it's on YouTube. It is okay. Yeah, um, I don't know if your phone has the ability to do like three sixty videos. No, it does not. Okay. Um, well, actually, you can do it with your computer. If you go on YouTube, you can find a 360 um, video of Pearl. You should mm-hmm. be able to find it on YouTube. And you can sort of, like, click around. And it's not quite That's the interesting. same... It's not quite the same thing, but um, it's the movie. It's the full It's the full short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely also want to check and see, because I do have the um, the, the Sony uh, PlayStation VR as well, so I'm not sure if they if it's been made available for that uh, platform mm-hmm. at, as of, as of this time. But I would I am very curious to uh, to to check into it. I originally been planning to check into that um, this uh, earlier today, but events and trying to get ready for today's recording. I unfortunately don't worry about don't worry about time to, to look into it. But I will I will check into it. And if I find it and experience in proper in proper VR, I will make sure to give you my feedback because it's it looks so good. I have not experienced anything quite like it before. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it it is a weird new way of watching a film. Really, it's it's not really. Yeah, it's 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 weird. I I don't want to call it a film because it's. I guess it is a film, but it's not using the same language. Yeah. I think so, we've had the discussion before when yeah. it comes to VR. It's it's very it, it it does follow I think certain you know rules of film, but it does it it plays with them. It's very loose like it's in terms of following. Yeah, it was it, it was exciting to watch. So I really recommend um checking it out. Sweet. I will so There I think so there's a um there's a Google Play uh, Spotlight Stories app, which you can watch lots of um, shorts that were made um, in that way. Really? Mm-hmm. You can. Okay, I think cool. you can watch Glenn Keane's short duet, and there is another <sighs> one. Um, I think made by a studio in London. Um, that was that was great about rain. I think and mm-hmm. yeah. So th- there are a few there are a few few things on there worth checking out. So let's get to the awards. What okay. happened? What who who got shafted and who <laughs> ran away with the prize? That is really actually I mean, obviously there were um definite there are definite favorites in the uh in the lineup. Um, you know, that's that's the same that's true with almost every single war, award show that I've ever seen ever. Mm-hmm. Uh but at least in the process of watching the awards with the way that they spaced everything out and with you know, all the other presentations and, like I said, with all the different presenters, it felt like there was a good deal of, uh, you know, a lot of different uh, groups getting different awards. I mean, um, obviously, uh, for the Best Animated Feature, Zootopia got that one. 
um, followed very closely by uh, the best animated uh, feature independent, which went to Red Turtle. Cool. And I, I quite like the distinction that they made. That's that's made with the awards there. Mm-hmm. Because that distinction is not made in the Oscars um, or anywhere else, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's really cool to, yeah, have made that that um, that consideration. Yeah, because it really is a very. I mean, it's a feature film, but it's a very it it had a lot of different uh, trials to get through that maybe certain other films didn't have to jump through. So that, that's I like you know that acknowledgement is is mm. really cool. Mm. But yeah, there was a there was a whole gambit of uh, folks who who I think got a lot of uh, time. But one of my personal favorites for um, both best animated television broadcast production for children and preschool children, both um, which went to Adventure Time and Tumble Leaf respectively. But what was really neat about that is the um, episode of Adventure Time in question. I'm trying to the unfortunately the the title of which is escaping me, but it was a stop motion episode. Oh, cool. Okay. And it was you know. Um, I like the fact that they kept those those two um, awards simultaneously because Tumbleweave is also a stop motion uh, show. I've not seen Tom. What's it called? Tumbleweave. Tumbleleaf. Tumbleleaf. Mm-hmm. I have n- I I've never heard of it. Look into it. I mean, if nothing else, I mean it's it it is a uh, program for preschool children, but at the mm-hmm. very same time, it is like I said, it is stop motion animation. And very good stop motion animation at that. And um, I think a lot of good. the folks who um, worked with who worked on Tumbleleaf, I think actually might have had some involvement in that Adventure Time episode, the stop motion okay, one. Okay, right. So I think that's why they had those uh, those two sitting next to each other. And it was really cool because when the uh, when Adventure Time got the award, um, the folks from the Tumbleleaf uh, were still up there, and they're like, "Get up! They're like, get up here!" Oh, okay. <laughs> it was really cute. Okay. Um, yeah, there were a bunch of different, uh, different, like Bob, Bob's Burgers got a, got a few awards. Yes, Ubo didn't, the... w- w- um, I, the writer was Wendy, I don't know how to pronounce her surname, Moilano? Uh, <laughs> I think, I'm, I'm not really good at pronunciation myself, so I, I don't think I can help you. There's a, there's, there's a, there's a writer, I think it's, she's like a head writer on Bob's Burgers called Wendy. Mm-hmm. And um, she's very cool and very funny, and um, yeah, it was good to see her getting an award because um, she's great, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that show is that show is great. Yeah, it, it's it is a hilarious show, and yeah, there was a bunch of different ones. I'm, I think Jungle Book, um, one of our one of our uh, standout films uh, that had. Uh, animation and a live act or animation slash live action uh i think got uh the character animation award in a live action production oh cool okay so and, and it's interesting because they had um they had that category but they also had live action uh animation and a live action production for um effects and that went to um dr strange right um animated effects in live action mm-hmm yeah and this it mean both and I have to, you have to agree, both of those uh, movies deserve, but the props for the, at least for the uh, the category that they were presented in. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think the I think the uh, the effects is probably the best thing about Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there was um, Kubo and the Two Strings also did get a um, quite a few awards as well. So I think there was character animation and animated feature, uh, production design, and there was I think was there one more? Um, yes, um, editorial in an animated feature production. That's really cool to see. Um, mm-hmm. That one might not be so obvious, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, editors are my best friends. Um, <laughs> So that's I I think that's really that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, because, Any other um, questions about the uh, the nominations or the awards or? Um, I'm just reading through the list now. Um, <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> this is really exciting listening. Um, <laughs> I, well, yeah, it's just it's cool that there's an event. That at the same time as recognizing fantastic, huge Hollywood animation like Zootopia has time to, um, or you know, also honors things like pear cider and cigarettes, mm-hmm. um, and the red turtle, or uh, obviously lots of TV. Yeah, Troll Hunters, like I said earlier. Um got a lot of awards it got character design and animated television it got let's see where else it was uh storyboarding and animated television and it had it had some pretty strong competition but as we've uh as our listeners and our followers of our website will have no doubt heard from uh uh jill and her review that troll hunters is definitely a cut above the rest when it comes to uh uh televised animation or at least in um mm-hmm. serialized animation so I think all of the awards that it was able to walk away with uh, last night were well deserved. Yeah, I uh, I've got to catch up on that show. I've not. Um, <laughs> you and me both. I've not. It's I I'm just honestly like intimidated every single time there's a new show, and it's I I have to be like just way more ruthless. <laughs> Uh, with it now like I have to go alright if the pilot doesn't grab me I don't have time for the show because there are so many especially even even on just Netflix alone yeah I, I can't watch everything so um, there's a lot out I'll, there I'll and it's hard up. to cram it all in and I, and I keep hearing really good things about Voltron which are pulling me which is pulling me back to to want to check that out as well so I'll 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 get to it. Um, I know you will. I know you will. So, but yeah, but like, what's also really cool is the um, the uh, the career awards that are given mm-hmm. um, at at this event uh, at the Annies. So, <laughs> I, I I'm really excited that these guys get get a get their due credit and um, recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, Mamoru Oshii, the uh, Japanese uh, director, got yep. a Windsor McKay Award, mm-hmm. um, which is which is a huge honor in in the Annies for like a career. Um... For, you know, it's like a career award. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was really cool to see because, um, through no fault of anyone in particular, and it's an American award. Mm-hmm. Uh, recognizing animation that's made outside of America in the 
in in a lot of categories. Mm-hmm. Um, not just not just at the Annies, but at, at lots of other award shows that try to recognize animation is is kind of hard. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really cool just to get that sort of uh, international um, appreciation uh, mm-hmm. out, out. And uh, from what I saw of the awards, which was only a very quick clip, um, it seems like lots of his fans were there and or or or, or rather everyone there was was a fan of his mm-hmm. um and, yeah. and that, that was cool to see but also um i saw that dale bear um had a yep. got an award which is which is great um because he's like a bit of a unsung hero i think um, i know i at was disney like, i remember when um the they were going through um i remember when they first announced his name at the awards i'm like when i'm watching the ceremony i'm, I'm kind of watching like in the like i feel like this tickle in the back of my brain it's like i recognize that name why do i remember that name mm. and then they start going through all of, like the clips of like the you know what he's worked on and i'm like i know that i know that and i know this i know that i definitely exactly. remember that oh exactly like, yeah you'll mackerel. if you don't know him you'll certainly know his work and yes and but he i think he started like a disney on like Robin Hood, yes, and one of my favorite. And he also he 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 was an animator on Winnie the Pooh and Pete's Dragon and the Rescuers and everything pretty much up Great until. Great Mouse Detective, I saw in there. Yeah, I love that movie. And and as as I understand it, um, my vague understanding is that he was. Um, something of an underappreciated figure at the studio for a long time because he's seen a lot of change at the studio and he um, as, as as I understand as well he's he's um, he's one of the few who's who's been there throughout all that change and and uh, yeah, that's 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 really cool to see because, like I said, he's he's a bit of an unsung hero, I think. Yeah, so this this award was you know well you know, was obviously yeah. well deserved, but it's like a long time coming. Yeah, and and also Caroline Leaf, um, as well, uh, got a got a Winsor McKay Award. Yeah, um, those those were the three, I think. I've not seen much of her work. I I I think she she makes. Um, she makes lots of shorts through the uh, National Film Board of Canada. Which, yes. if you're a, I mean, when 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 you're watching lots and lots of animated shorts, when you see the NFBC logo come up, you're like, okay, we're in for a good one, because <laughs> uh, they're just amazing for supporting uh, um, uh, independent animators. Uh, but yeah. I I I can't remember which of her films I've seen. She's she's made a lot actually. Yeah, that's what it seemed like when they were going through her um, her reel um, mm-hmm. when they were presenting her with the award. They kind of went through. They they kind of gave each uh, each of the uh, folks getting the um, the Windsor McKay Award um, a bit of a film reel of mm-hmm. uh, stuff that they worked on. That same they did with uh, Daryl Bear and. Uh, Momoro Oshii and um, 
Carolyn Leaf as well. And it, it's her stuff is very stylized. Like I almost they almost look like uh, oil paintings come to life kind of style, and it was yeah. really cool to look at. So now it's just like okay, now I need to <laughs> now I need to start tracking down some of these short films and see if I can like watch them in full length because I'm maybe I have seen some of them before, but it's just like I don't know. If, I I can't really place when I saw them, but some of them seemed familiar to me. Right. Yeah, I have I have that with lots and lots of independent animators where I'm like, I've never heard of that person, and then I realize, oh no, there was, because sometimes when you're watching shorts, and I'm sure, Yvonne can probably speak to this. Yeah. They just all like run together if you're not careful. Um. If especially if you like watch uh, uh many in a short period of time, mm-hmm. they just sort of all go into one blob of shorts mm-hmm. uh, of unique visuals and stories and stuff that you know like you said yeah. if you aren't careful will will start to kind of just blend together to the point when you may you might recognize individual like images or sequences of animation but other than that it's just like okay well what was that i forget what it was called mm. because it was next to this and that and the other so make like make it seem like it's all one thing yeah when it really is a bunch of little things yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I I think the Annie's are great, and if ever anyone was doubting variety in animation, then I I think this awards uh, show is probably a good antidote to that, right? Yeah, I I would definitely say so. I mean, considering, like I said. Um... There is no award ceremony in the history of Everett that has ever not had favorites when it comes to certain, you know, categories or certain... Because, you know, they they all, you always have their favorite films. I mean, Zootopia definitely got the, the top billing for the, you know, the best, you know, animated feature film of mm-hmm. this of last year. I seem and to got, remember got last year... got a few year, other awards as well, but... It, I seem it, to vaguely remember last year or the year before it was House Training Dragon 2, mm-hmm. which was, like, sweeping up everything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, at this particular particular year, it didn't. I don't think. I mean, Zootopia did walk away with a lot of uh, any awards for different things, like not just for best animated feature, but also for its writing and its character design. But you know, again, which is it's it's definitely earned. But I don't think it was. It wasn't hogging the spotlight. Okay. Which, at least with the way that they were presenting it in this particular um, this particular award ceremony, everything. Even though, you know, obviously you've got, you know, people who walk away with Annie's and, you know, people who just walk away with nominations. But I think in, at least with the way they presented this particular year, it was all, like, even even if you didn't, you know, well, walk away with an award, you still got the acknowledgement and oh, the yeah. respect that you, you know, that comes with become, being an Annie Award nominee. And mm-hmm. the fact that there were just so many different, uh, different nominees in the different categories because, you know, they are allowed to be that specific with what, you know, they can award. Yeah. You know, storyboarding, etc. It it was just, it was so much fun to watch just for the, like like you said, there was a lot of diversity. Mm. And and it can also, uh, you know, be a bit of uh, an education. I, one of, one of my memories of watching the Annie's is usually just how bewildered some of the celebrities are. Mm-hmm. by the whole thing I mean the enthusiasm is is contagious obviously yeah. but you know when you hear someone's oh the character design like it's like what the hell is that 
but yeah, no, I I, 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 do love it, and it seems like it was it was a good show last night. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely worth watching. If um, we'll make sure to include the link to the um, any awards uh, website in the show notes, um, which has a link to the um, to the footage of last night. If anyone who has yet to see it is uh, curious and would like to check it out, I highly recommend it. It was a wonderful night, and uh, as I understand, up- there was a bit that was it Glenn Keane and and yes, a basketball um, yeah, man. Yeah, Glenn Keane uh, came out. Glenn Keane came out on uh, on stage. He was um, a presenter as well of uh, you know for not just uh, the Google Spotlight Stories program, which he got a chance to talk about a good deal, but um, he was also pre- able to present a couple of awards with a certain individual, um, Kobe Bryant, of all people, was uh, was up there uh, presenting with him, and it was hilarious to see them working off each other as they were going through the present it was that was basically the entire night we had I've, so many i have people. heard that kobe is a very uh yeah uh, generous performer <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> no it was great i mean we also have um oh gosh who else we had um kevin conroy was up there uh presenting awards and i forget who he's presenting with um oh gosh i know he's a famous oh i man, don't know so... who kevin conroy is you don't oh dear batman animated batman the animated series batman oh really oh cool yes he literally came out on stage i am i am vengeance i am the knight i am batman and i'm just i i squeed in my chair while i was watching it (laughs) was are you offering a segue to our next segment quite possibly (laughs) because if i recall um, in our, uh, if we're going to be moving on from the Annies into our weekly water cooler, I believe a certain someone saw a certain Batman movie that came out recently. The certain someone is me, exactly. and the certain Batman film I saw was the Lego Batman movie. Yes! Yes! Uh, so, I am all, we, me and everyone else who is listening to this podcast, we are all ears, Dan. How okay, well, you can be all... Uh, safely uh, spoiler free as well with this okay yeah I will because um, man there are lots of surprises in this movie really? kind of like the Lego movie itself where oh. y- where I don't want to talk too far into the movie at all um, because most of it is just but it's just buckets of fun really um so <laughs> Do, do, do you remember when the Lego movie was about to come out? Mm-hmm. And there was this very real sense of this is going to be terrible. Um, yeah. It was It was just kind of like this quiet dread that like, oh no, they're trying to do a movie to revitalize Legos and just... Yeah, it's like when you... Really fall... strange, awkward humor. It's like when you keep hearing like they're making a Monopoly movie. Yeah, it's just like you um, go, you just you just look at it and you go no. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, just don't bother, guys, don't bother. But and but it turned out to be hilarious and um and really funny and a really unbelievably smart, uh, smartly written and actually gorgeous to look at. Yeah, that so, that was the part that surprised me the most that that latter trait. <laughs> yeah, so. I, Batman, Lego Batman kind of continues the trend. Really? 
Really? Um, yeah, for me at least, it's. I'm I'm not kidding. Like from the first, uh, I can't remember making. I, I can't remember watching a movie that made me laugh quicker than this movie. There is actually okay. I'm not going to spoil it too much, but there are laughs in the in the in the studio um, titles. Mm-hmm. So that's oh my gosh, so that's did... how early it decides to be freaking hilarious. So it's it's kind of like the Deadpool movie syndrome, where it literally, as of the opening like credits, it's it's already throwing mm. out the comedy hits. One oh yeah, after the and, other. It hits and, you fast and, and quick. And it's funnier than Deadpool. Whoa! I think Dan just threw down the gauntlet. Well, ba- Batman oh. threw it down. It's no, there's no question. Whoa. It's funnier than Deadpool. No, seriously, <laughs> it's no, no question. It's it's funnier than Deadpool um, because mm. it is. It is. It, it it basically, if you liked the tone of the Lego Movie. Mm-hmm. With very, very quick... I mean, like, there are jokes in this movie that I didn't get until, like, three sentences later. And mm-hmm. I was laughing in the moment, but it, it already was... Like, it, it's got that same kind of, um, like, completely frenetic, bonkers energy um, that uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller got into the into the Lego movie. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's directed by Chris McKay who um who actually um started off uh working for on adult swim shows. Okay. Um well he I I I don't I don't think it's it's fair to say like he that he started doing that. I think he um his he he was an animator um, and an editor as well uh, for a while, and he did um, visual effects on Robot Chicken. Okay. And Moral Oral, and um, yeah, he also en- ended up uh, directing uh, some episodes of Moral Oral. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something called Titan Maximum. Oh yes, I remember that show. <laughs> That was uh, a, a very interesting spoof on the you know the uh, Power Rangers Voltron right. kind of team. Show I, literally, I, I, I literally only just found out about it. Clicking through oh, his IMDb, it's, it's funny. It's so but, funny. Yeah. So yeah. um, sorry not to give him a complete like IMDb rundown, but that kind of sensibility is like weirdly in this huge animated. Uh, you know, CG feature mm-hmm. of just screwing around a bit, and but but <laughs> but but the best thing about it is that it's not screwing around, and every single joke it does is 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 like perfect parody. Every single thing it's doing is either commenting on what Batman is, what it has been in the past. Um, and also, like everything is really born out of the characters. Okay, that's um, good. That's very important. In 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 a really like amazing way, 
the characters are all unlike you've seen them before. Um, but and, and it's so tongue in cheek. But everything that they're doing actually makes sense for that individual character. If 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 I'm like being clear, it's basically if you can imagine the um, the '66 Batman, the mm-hmm. uh, uh, with um, oh my goodness, Adam West, like, Adam West, and Bert. Um, Oh my goodness, I've forgotten his name. But uh, yeah, the Adam West Batman. Basically, mm-hmm. if you can imagine that, just like punched through the wall in terms of like absurdity, that gets close to what this film is with what it does with the characters and and where the characters are coming from. Like the 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 Joker in this movie, uh, played mm-hmm. by um, Zach Galifianakis, is like is obsessed with Batman and it's and it, it's it, everything is just played for, for, for laughs basically but it yeah. all but the amazing thing is is that even though everything is played for laughs it all has like emotional logic to it and it all makes sense and it's all very much born out of um like what the real characters are actually like it's very hard to explain without like you I know, think I'm getting what you're saying, though. It's it. basically, if you have any prior knowledge or passion regarding these characters in this comic series and everything that has been born from that, oh yeah, you're probably going to love this movie because the fact it's it's from the what the way you're describing it, it sounds like it not only acknowledges what's come before, but it kind of like it spoofs it a little it, bit. It acknowledges it, spoofs it, it with respect. It spoofs it. It's I mean, a lot of it is just like a love letter to everything that Batman has ever been, including like the um the Joel Schumacher films. Oh and, boy. And it kind of makes reference like it definitely rewards um having a little bit of uh familiarity with Batman. Um but Which there yet, are quite a few people who have a lot of uh, familiarity with Batman. Batman precisely. So is, I mean, he's great. he's been a part of pop culture, as as the film kind of makes clear, like since before uh, the Adam West series. Mm-hmm. So, no matter like what generation you're from, you have a passing familiarity with Batman, and it's really smart in how it plays off that um, sort of expectation and. And presenting things in ways that you've not really seen them before. Um, I saw it as like a so there was like a there, there was like a preview weekend here in the UK with it, mm-hmm. where before its general release next week, it was in cinemas for two days, and I saw it and the cinema was kind of busy with families, and the kids and the adults were all laughing as much as each other. And I didn't stop laughing, and I also like th- this is the thing, right? It's it's easy. It's 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 the old Disney thing, you know. Of it's easy enough, kind of, to make an audience laugh. But if you get them to care about the characters, that's 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 different. And this film, like, I'm more in love with these characters than I think I've ever been. Uh, <laughs> That's, and a, it, that's phenomenal. It's kind of emba- it's kind of embarrassing that that the best Batman movie since I think 
the Dark Knight is this? I don't um, know. I would I would say like I, it's a close tie for me in terms of best Batman film at least until at least until I see this movie. Um Dark Knight and uh Mask of the Phantasm will always be one of my all-time favorites. Right. But I am considering how that's all part of the bath the Batman mythos now mm-hmm. and you know different represent- representations of the character I am very very curious and very eager to see what this move how this movie handles those uh, or acknowledges those previous incarnation- incarnations and and spoof them because Every, every, everything needs a good spoof every now and yeah, then. Yeah, I think it, I think the the, the way I uh, I had like a one line review of it on Twitter, and I said it was, it's it's like really top tier parody, you know, um, like how Mel Brooks treated Frankenstein mm-hmm. uh, with Very Young familiar. Frankenstein. Very familiar. My family quotes uh, Young Frankenstein Young all Fra- the time. It's it's as loving as like a a really good probably not Spaceballs. But it's as loving as a really good Mel Brooks like parody movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in that it works as its own film, but it's all—it's crazy that I'm saying this about a Lego Batman movie. It's really crazy. <laughs> it's yeah, almost as, it's it's, but... it's kind of like what, like with the Lego movie before. It's just like I can't believe we're saying this about a movie that's about Legos. Yeah, but it's yeah. good, guys. Yeah, it's really it's, good. It's uh. It's really insane how good it is, and I yeah I had a blast with it, and it uh, I I kind of want another one. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's I'm really excited with what this it the the thing is is it's about the team right that's mm-hmm. making it, and I think Phil Lord and Chris Miller executive produced this film, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of staff. Um, who worked on that last movie worked on this or had some involvement Mm -hmm. uh, because it's exactly the same sort of humor and uh and and sort of like like i was saying like um just hyperactive delight (laughs) going on yeah i i loved it and everyone should check it out but there are so many amazing surprises in this film uh, that I'm not going to discuss them because I just, you know, you just want people to experience it themselves and discover yeah, it themselves. Yeah, just kind of like with the surprises that came out of the Lego movie itself. It's just like, it's, you can't really talk about them and, you know, expect, you know, kind of talking about them spoils a bit of what makes the movie so special. So, yeah, yeah it's just, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully if you, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice a little bit. Um, for folks who are curious who really enjoyed the Lego movie, um, as Dan's given a glowing review of it, I will hopefully get the ch- opportunity to see it sometime in the near future myself. I forget when it's coming out in the yeah, US. Yeah, it's kind of no fun <laughs> just speaking about it in a spoiler-free way by myself because <laughs> I can't wait to talk to you guys about this. All right, well, hopefully, hopefully I'll get a chance to see it soon, and that way, if we uh, if we can, maybe try to have a episode talking about uh, spoilers. We'll see what we can do in order to arrange that because it's if it's as good as you say, then it definitely warrants it. Oh yeah, I'm definitely going back um, next week. <laughs> yeah, when it when it when it comes when it comes out properly. That is really cool. So as oh man, now I just you know I a want to watch the Lego Movie again, and b I'm just like okay, I need to find out when this movie is coming out exactly, and then just sneak, mm-hmm. save I think it, I think it's it. out next week everywhere. Okay. Uh, All right. Almost everywhere. Definitely in the US and the UK next week. 
Awesome. Um, I will definitely make sure to get get in on that as soon as I can. Yeah, these, yeah. These guys, if, if they've got, you know, they already did, uh, they knocked it out of the part with the Lego movie. If they've knocked it apart a second time, we'll see how their uh, continuous, continuing expansion of the Lego cinematic universe continues mm. to, uh, we'll see how that continues to thrive. If it's well, continu- let, let's, let's say this, it's not trying to be the Lego movie. Okay. So it's it's um yeah, it's 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 hard to say. Like it's it doesn't it I think very smartly it doesn't try to um top the Lego movie. It tries to do something different but with a Good. similar sense of humor. Good. That's what it should that's what it should do. Mm. Because sometimes when you've already set the bar really high for a certain film, if you try to top it, I mean, some you know, sometimes you can, and it's you know, all the more power to the films that can. But sometimes you just need to have a film just be and not try to be the second, the first film again, but better. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and also just avoid like hearing if you can weirdly enough about the cast, um, because. So there are some surprises in in the cast which will um yeah be be heaps of fun um yeah i'm not gonna say anything more because okay anything more would be giving it away <laughs> um, you've heard it here you've heard it here folks try to go into this movie as blind as you can yeah oh yeah it, it, it is out literally everywhere <laughs> apart from uh, China, uh, China gets it on the third of March, and Australia gets it on the thirtieth of March. Mm-hmm. Japan gets it in April, and Israel gets it in April. But literally everywhere else in Europe, South Korea, Hong Kong, Georgia, Czech Republic, Brazil, Argentina, wow, that's a USA, lot get it. On next week, next Friday. Phew! When you said wide release, you weren't kidding. Yeah, so it's kind of, yeah, but it's just like if if the news is really getting you down at the moment, and particularly not just the news, but if just the general atmosphere of life at the moment is a bit suffocating to you, it's kind of exactly what you need. That is, uh, you know what? Out of everything else, that's probably one of the best selling points you could have given it. So, you know what? Good on you. <laughs> it's exactly how I felt. Aww. Yeah. All right, that's a tough. For as far as water cooler, that's a tough act to follow. Um. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to maybe talk about before we moved on? Or I don't think I really had time to see anything else. Um, I've been watching a few shorts this week. Okay. Um, but. They're sort of old, so I, I guess I. But yeah, that's my excuse for not having anything really to talk about. Okay. Well, I've I had too much to add myself since it's been a rather busy week, but I um I did uh, manage to uh, experience two things. Uh, one of which was on um, you know just kind of going through the um some of the stuff I was able to get uh for Christmas, which was one of which was the Blu-ray DVD of Sword of the Stranger. Um, a, if for those of you who aren't familiar with this film, it is a, uh, anime film, uh, done by, uh, Studio Bones and, uh, directed by, um, Masahiro Ando. It is, I think it's a, kind of give a, 
kind of overview description of the film is uh, set through um, the Sengoku era of Japan, uh, focusing on a boy um, named Kotaro and his uh, dog Tobimaru. They're on the run from these uh, samurai who are teaming up with these uh, warriors from China for some kind of uh, prophecy. And he runs into a nameless uh, wandering samurai. And the two meet each other, kind of get involved in these, uh, you know, these fights against these warriors. And the boy hires the uh, wandering samurai to protect him and get him to uh, from to this uh, temple. And this, the movie just follows them and they're, you know, the two characters bonding while seeing the uh, back and forth, you know, mystery and intrigue between the... Uh, Japanese officials and the um, the uh, visitors from China, and it's a really I think it it's a relatively simple story. I mean, it's, it's when I first went into watching this movie, it's it's really really feels like a, a story that I've seen you know time and time again in certain like anime series. Mm-hmm. Yet there is something about the way they present the characters, about the animation itself, it that makes it seem very fresh and very new and that's something i you know considering i've seen this story done a thousand times that just really i really got into i mean even the um the protagonist himself uh the the no one of the protagonists the no-name samurai you know when he's introduced i kind of imagine he'd be presented like you know the same kind of you know wandering loner very stoic but you know with a gentle soul you know kind of character mm-hmm. type but he's and he is a bit of that but he's also he also acts like an actual human being you know in his situation trying to make you know make do with the uh, wandering from place to place earning money where he can you know staying in old abandoned temples and just it's it it kind of just like struck a chord with me this movie and uh and that's just on the story alone. That's not really. Don't get me started on the animation because, oh my god. Yeah, that that's the, I, so. I haven't seen this film, and however, I have seen animation from it mm-hmm. because it just gets shared all over the place. Um, For good particularly, reason. Particularly the fight scenes, I animated by Yutaka Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Um his pencil tests get shared all over the place. So it's had like a, such an impact that I'm kind of familiar. I'm familiar with it like purely on a technical level, but I haven't even seen the film. Yeah. That's kind of how I was introduced to it too. Cause I remember, um, when I was in Onacon into, you know, this past year when mm. we went to, uh, my brother and I attended the, uh, Sakuga panel and they did share also, like, you know, they were t- going through the different, uh, you know, Sakuga animators, and there were quite a few clips from the different, you know, animators that they discussed. There were at least two that worked on this movie, and they showed the different clips uh, that those animators worked on, respectively. And, you know, just from what I saw there, I was really intrigued. So when, yeah. you know, the holiday season came around, I'm like, oh, I'll just add this movie to the list since it's coming out on Blu-ray very soon, so... Just, you know, add that to the old Christmas list and see if I get it. And I did end up getting it. And so I popped it in just so like, okay, let's see what this movie's about, really. And then mm-hmm. I watched it all the way through. It's just like, okay, I already thought the animation was impressive. Like, you know, even the few scenes that I saw. But even even after those, you know, standout scenes that they showed off in uh, the Sakuga panel, 
there are so many other scenes in this movie that are just gorgeous and just and also really brutal because there are a lot of um they don't they don't move away from the fact that this is a very you know kind of uh you know gruesome era in japan in terms of you know the kind of like fighting that can happen and they do an amazing job to animate it. i mean there's literally a scene in the very beginning where you have one of a uh, you have a warrior you know literally they're being attacked by bandits you know via you know bow and arrow um one of the samurai gets killed the other guy just picks up the dead samurai's body and just starts running with it you know <laughs> cat- catching arrows as you know from the from the bandits and then just you know moves right in and then just starts hacking people up and it's they don't really i mean there are a few cutaway shots but it doesn't for the most part it doesn't really try to shy away from a lot of like the more gruesome aspects of the um the fighting that can happen in this movie and it's i have to say i appreciated that all the more the fact that it didn't shy away from that yeah yeah it's i think that's something that uh it's it's almost a bit of a cliche but that's one of the things that i remember as a young adult i guess you could call it mm-hmm. um being a massive draw about anime was it kind of i mean <laughs> being a 12 year old and just being obsessed with the idea of violence being being one of them but also kind of recognizing I, I I maybe part of me recognized that there was some authenticity to brutality, mm-hmm. and I think anime has a bit of a knack for that. Um, yeah, it's interesting to hear that. Um, do you think it's a good movie overall? Because um, I've honestly not heard much about it as a movie. Yeah, it's well. It, here's the thing, because I mean, obviously, the the big standpoint, you know, big standout aspect of the movie itself is the animation itself, because it's it is top to bottom amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I think uh, Masahiro Ando is also uh, the director. Yeah. Um, he's he's mostly an animator as well. I think is that right? Well, he's, I'm not he's certainly sure. he's he's certainly. Um, Started I know off. I've heard his name in other projects, but I haven't really. I'm not sure if I could name them off the top of my head. Right. Uh, I couldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't either. Um, I think he. I. He was yes. He started off as a key as an animator. Mm-hmm. Um, working on. Oh, he worked on a bunch. Of, yes, I remember now. He worked on a bunch of crayon Shinchan movies. Oh, okay. And he was also a key animator on Sailor Moon, um, and uh, Ghost in the Shell, the movie. Oh, very good. Yeah, I can de- um, you can definitely see. I mean, there there even, are shades of that in this movie in terms yeah, of like Evangelion, Jin Ro. Oh, Digimon Adventure, our war game. The uh, no the, way. Soda directed uh, like Digimon shorts. Can ah! we bebop the movie? Uh, FMA for Metal Alchemists. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so I think he's because in animation, particularly in Japan, it's the, it's not so much a linear progression uh, from animator to director, and then you never direct, and then you never do animation again. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he is like a capable director and he's he's very experienced he's also continued to do animation Mm -hmm. 
And it shows. It definitely shows. I mean, I don't know in terms of, like, regards to some of those other projects he did when this... I forget when this exactly took place. I think this came out... Um, yeah, it was 2007 that it was released. So, yeah. Um, yeah, his appreciation for good animation and, you know, as, you know, with that background as an animator, it clearly shows in this movie and the way it's directed. And, it, like I said, the story itself is, like I said, relatively simple. It's kind of, you know, I wouldn't say formulaic, but it's just, it's similar. Like, you'll, you'll recognize a lot of the, um, the different, like, motions of it as you yeah. watch it. But, like it's, any good film, it, mm-hmm. fo- it lets you care about the characters to the point that even if you've seen these cliches or these, this, you know, these movements before in another film, you want to see them, you know, play out because you really care about the characters and you want to see how things end up for them. Yeah, like any movie, it's not the story, it's how you tell it. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was, it, for what it was, how it was told, it was told very well. Like, it was probably as far as, like, one of these kind of stories goes, like, you know, uh, like a, uh, movie where, you know, a young ward is taken in or, uh, travels with, uh, kind of like the stoic loner. Mm-hmm. Or a loner character. This is probably one of the best examples of that I've ever seen. I I think also I just found a bunch of clips from this movie. <laughs> we shouldn't downplay its violence. It's no, it's not. Really no, I'm, I'm not trying to. It's really grisly. I just found a clip where a guy slams a scythe through the top of another person's head. No, yeah, and swings it him round mm-hmm. like a like a hammer throw. There's yeah. also um, it's grisly. Um, I'm <laughs> it's also going to mention also just so if people who are looking to get into this movie but are a bit sensitive, this I'll also uh, point out other couple pic- other pictures for you. Um, the main one of the main characters, the no name swordsman, he um, kills a man by collapsing his trachea by literally thrusting his sword sheath through it. Um, nice. That's also that's pretty grisly. And then also even. Even the puppy gets in on the violence. He literally jumps up on a samurai and literally tears his throat out. Holy shit. I... No, yeah, dog is a dog is amazing. Toby Morrow is awesome. That's that's yeah, that's kind of scary. Um I I'm just getting flashbacks. There's a, there's a movie that came out, I think like last year or the year before called Green Room. Mhm. And that film will make you scared of dogs again if you are not <laughs> oh already scared God. of dogs. It's unbelievable. So, talking about the violence. Okay, so like talking about the violence. Mm-hmm. How do you think the film um, treats the violence? Because I've only seen clips out of context. Is it a little bit? Does it get a thrill from it, or does it do it in? I, I I'm not really sure like what side it's coming down on. It. Not that it has to have a side, but I think um, it's interesting because really, because I think movies, sure. I think movies have a kind of strange ability to to be able to turn violence into entertainment, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that because sometimes it really can be. Like I think someone like Tarantino really gets that how to responsibly do it. There's a way to do it responsibly mm-hmm. uh, without being sadistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wondered how that came off to you. It's really kind of hard to tell, at least, you know, because I've only seen the, I've only had the chance to see the movie once since, uh, you know, before talk, being able to talk about it. So I'm, I'm just trying to go with my gut feeling here. Mm. It's, 
There is definitely a bit of a thrill to it because, I mean, as far as animated violence goes, it is, like I said, it's very, it is very gruesome and, um, kind of, like, like, we described, it's pretty grisly, too. And so, part of, like, you know, some of the thrill of it comes, like, oh my gosh, you know, normally, normally when, uh, you know, a animated film cuts away when something really grisly is going on, but it doesn't. It kind of linger it kind of lingers on the uh, on the moment just just enough time to move to you know to you okay. know, let the fact that this has happened sink in but i don't want to say it necessarily glorifies violence or shows it like oh this is really like look at this this is amazing kind of stuff i mean the animation does that on its own but um because it's it's i guess you can kind of say it's a, a oh man i'm trying i'm babbling over my words because I'm trying to find the best way to talk about this because a good deal of the movie is like parallels other than the um the boy character there are two other characters there's the, mm. the samurai protagonist the wandering samurai and uh this one um western uh fighter who's while uh, working for the um the chinese um who's you know he's blonde is like uh, I think his name was character name was Lo Lang Luo Lang excuse me um, and he's the kind of like the character archetype where it's like, oh, I'm so, I'm so good at fighting. I've never had a good, it's been so long since I've had a really good challenge. Is there anyone who would match up to my level kind of guy? Okay. Okay. A lot of, a lot of the major violence, um, if I recall from the film actually came from him because like I said, he's very good at what he does and the film does a good job of showing you that he is very good at what he does. Uh, so I guess you you know you could have kind of say that he's that character is the you know the side of um you know kind of a bit glorifying it in a way. Okay, but, then but he it, has but, a but counterpoint it, for the the main character, it, who's yeah. also um you know he he fights and he he's really good at fighting, but he's very you can tell he's very reserved about it because obviously he's got a a bad tie to something that happened you know long you know earlier in his life which involved something rather gruesome and he doesn't want to repeat that so you kind of have those two those two characters as counterpoints so i'm not sure if i'm if i did a good job of explaining that yeah no you have i think i think um yeah you you have i think you're getting a you're you're getting across the fact that it's it's not straightforward and that Mm -hmm. yeah because i i don't get me wrong i do think that films I think that violence in films can be a really tricky thing but the genre mm-hmm. seems to be so much in like this you know historical drama warrior kind of movie that it's kind of part of it like like boxing would be in a rocky movie it's just mm-hmm. it's there and it's one of the parts of the story that you kind of that's like a theme almost but yeah. uh yeah you're making it sound like a much more interesting movie than i uh <laughs> expected to be honest with you be- only because i hear about it so much mm-hmm. from a technical standpoint you kind of sometimes with those you know with those sorts of things you sometimes think well i'm hearing about this so much as a technical achievement and not so much as a as a film overall that it's probably not worth checking out, but it sounds like it is. It is. It definitely cool. is. And I'm, I'm already trying to think of when I, when I can watch it again. So 
that's that's that that's also a point in its favor. So it's like it's 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 definitely a rewatchable movie. Nice one. So yeah, that was that was a real um real fun uh film to get finally get a chance to see, like you said, after being exposed to only the technical and be able to get to experience it, you know, as it is. But uh, another um form of uh animation media that I've been waiting a long time to play and it came out last year um I think it was in like October um or I think yeah sometime in October I believe uh mm-hmm. was a game uh created by if I can recall um Sony Interactive Entertainment and directed by Fumito Ueda and Japanese studio it was uh The Last Guardian I and don't I know- believe this exists still <laughs> I've not played it yet, so I'm still skeptical to the fact it's that like, it's you, actually you done. You think it's all a, consp- a conspiracy? It's like, oh it, no, the it, game doesn't It could really be. Exist. It could be. I, I reckon that Sony have paid people off <laughs> uh, with like fake screenshots just to post them online and to kind of yeah trick me into thinking that it's that it's actually real because <laughs> I remember hearing about this like maybe a year after Shadow of the Colossus came out. Yeah, it was only Shadow of the Colossus only came out. It was two thousand and five, so this came out. Uh, I think the first like promotional material for this came out like two thousand six, two thousand seven. It was. It really wasn't that long after um mm. after Shadow of the Colossus, and you're already starting to get like you know we got the first trailer for it, and it you know people went nuts over how you know the kind of the dynamic between the boy and this giant um this giant creature that you're going to be interacting with as your kind of companion and then for years on end we heard little to nothing or just actually nothing of where this game was in development and and then now here it is it's it's here and i it's real and i've played it and i beat it and my god (laughs) it was worth every penny sweet that's that's really that's really cool to hear. I was I was definitely, yeah, I was obsessed with. Um, I still call it Ico, even though it's probably called Eco. Um, Doesn't matter. You pronounce it I however you want. Ico and um, Shadow of the Colossus. Like Shadow of the Colossus was such a mind blowing, like experience for me. It was probably the first time that I, or. or or, or at least a very formative like time for me, like playing a video game and it being something more, mm-hmm. being experiencing it almost like I would like a movie or a book, mm-hmm. where you're engaging with it, with it for its themes and and like the pure like thrill of how it's presenting things. Yeah, but so so how does uh, what's Last Guardian like? Um, well, kind of like advertised, it is definitely um, this journey. You're, um, I think it's much like previous uh, games that have come out from this director and this studio. They try to go with the more like less is more approach. They like they try to keep the basic gameplay elements and the story and the structure and the setting all toward a singular idea. And the idea is you, as this young boy are stuck at the bottom of this giant of these very large expansive ruins alone well not necessarily alone you have this giant creature with you um injured and is um 
it has wings, but the wings are injured, so it can no longer fly. So in the very first, like, five to ten minutes of the game, you are earning its trust by, you know, taking up, it's got a whole bunch of his spears in its hide, so you're taking them out, you know, you take out a spear, it lashes around, literally kicks the boy, like, halfway across the room and, like, knocks him out against a stone wall. He passes out, he wakes back up again, you hear the beast whining because he's hungry, and you look around and give him food. And then, you know, the more stuff you do, the more, you know, you gain the beast's trust, and then once you've got, you have its trust, you're able to start uh, exploring the ruins and figuring out where you are, and kind of, you know, learning how to interact with this creature in order to help, you know, get from place to place. Because mm. these these ruins are huge, and they're and it's really gorgeous, like, you know, well-designed area to explore, because it's all designed to be able to not just accommodate you, the, the player character, but right. also this giant creature. Mm. Yeah, that's one thing. That's one thing with these games that I always remember being blown away by was their sense of scale they mm-hmm. got across. Whether the giant rooms in in Ico that you had to, you know, scale and look up, like even the first room in Ico where you have to get um, I've forgotten the name of the girl he has to save. I think it was it began with an E. Etta? Etta? I just remember her as Car because that was what he called her. Car. Mm. <laughs> um, like that, and and Shadow of Colossus was just like the sense of scale, right? It was just mm-hmm. how small you were made to feel in the environments, mm-hmm. and that being like an overwhelming. Um, like I guess the the word is like sublime kind of feeling, mm-hmm. where you're you're just overwhelmed by the environment, um, and it's really cool that you kind of got you seem to have got that from from the Last Guardian as well. It is I, probably even more so. I I wouldn't say almost more so than Shadow of the Colossus, but almost to the same level. Because I mean, you have the fact that you know the creature itself, Trico, as uh, it's it's known to be called is um I wouldn't it's it's definitely not as large as the the colossi but like you said they really sell the sense of scale and really how small the main character is to this to to Trico mm-hmm. but at, you know at the same time it's not just Trico that you're you know you're comparing the sense of scale to but it's the location where you are like there are plenty of um obstacles which you have to work your way around which do involve you putting the main character in some pretty precarious positions because either Trico is held up by something because, you know, he, he's too big, he can't really make his way to you, so you have to find a way around him to be able to give, you know, to create a path forward for him. And then, um, huh. or of something like there are these uh, particular, like, mirrors or something that, you know, you come across, and whenever Trico sees one of these things, he won't move forward. He, like, kind of goes into, like, this weird, like, uh, trance where his eyes glow, and he just starts backing away really scared, and you have to find a way to destroy the mirror in order to allow him to go, you know, to snap out of it and basically continue on. And it's, it's, there's a, and because of, like, stuff like that, and also these, uh, suits of armor that just kind of come to life and immediately kind of go for the main character and kind of capture <laughs> him and take him away... There's, like, this mystery, like, okay, what is this place, and, you know, what makes it run, and why, you know, what is the connection between uh, Trico and, you know, how did the main character get here in the first place? So it's, and that is answered as you continue further along in the story. 
But it's it's really well paced in how, like, okay, we go through certain sections where we're trying to get one point here, and then all of a sudden a story element pops up. Like, oh, so this is what that is. And kind of just, like, piecing it together as you go. Yeah. So so it kind of keeps... Because I'm, I'm, like, really, like, seriously out of touch with video games at the moment. And, <laughs> and I get... I mean, the, the few ones that I'm able to play and see, I'm... I see like things being pushed in two different directions. One way you have what I see is innovation where gameplay is really being stripped down to its bare essentials. Mm-hmm. And ones where, you know, ones that seem to only be getting more complicated. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like this game is, it, it sounds refreshing to hear you sound refreshed by how, um, not simple, but uh, uh, pared down. The gameplay seems to be. Well, yeah, that's also part of the uh, appeal of like the previous games that have come yeah. out of the studio. Oh, totally. That's, that's 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 kind of their their mo is being able to do yeah, a lot with a little. They they were so good as well with um, directing you. You know, you would want to, like for, for instance, I, I, Shadow of Colossus. You play that, and you were you were able to go wherever you wanted. Mm-hmm. But the game had these like brilliant, like little subtle directorial like tips and cues um, that made you want to explore particular routes. And mm-hmm. I, I that kind of blew me away when someone pointed that out to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I, I think the. The sense that it was directed is 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 very much what I got out of these games um, before was the sense that as a player I'm being very well looked after. <laughs> you know. Yeah, there are a few moments I will say because I mean every game there are always going to be flaws in every single game no matter how good mm-hmm. it is. I mean this game there's a lot in this game to love. Oh yeah, Shadow of Colossus gets repetitive. There's no question. Like that's very flawed. <laughs> And also, yeah. well, even 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 though there are flaws in that, like you said, there's so much, so many other good things to uh, to enjoy. But the same goes for the Last Guardian. I mean, there are um, you'll if you look at a lot of uh, video games reviews that came out for this when it right around the time it was released, you'll hear a lot of people being really conflicted because it's like there are a lot of moments in it that really you know just kind of like you think really capture of what it was trying to do in terms of getting these really emotional moments with the characters and you know building on the journey of, you know, trying to figure out what's, you know, where you are and how to escape. But there are also, you know, things that can also simultaneously take you out of the experience. If it, you know, it, it depends on, you know, what kind of stuff you get really hung up on. Because, I mean, I know one of the things that um, that I noticed with playing this game, it didn't really take me out of the experience, but I did notice it, was mm. there were a lot of camera issues. Because, I mean, obviously when you're working with such a big uh, co-star in this game as your companion and, you know, your way of getting around some of, like, the more trickier and more um, right. puzzles, you know, if you're, you know, you're, you jump on Trico and you're climbing around him, like, uh-oh, like, I'm, the camera's stuck on his tail or, like, his butt and, or his forearm or his, his paw or whatever and I can't see my character so I don't know where I am. I need to be over here. It, it can get a little frustrating. Yep. And then, um... Some of the puzzles, while, you know, I've had a, I had a, a good deal of, uh, you know, I was able to figure out a good bit of them. There are 
or then you know, like you said, they sometimes they are able to kind of lead you in the right direction of how to solve a certain issue. Sometimes, like with certain puzzles, at least in like the later parts of the game, aren't as intuitive. Like, like maybe like one or two or three. I had a lot of trouble. Like, I was literally just kind of, like, sitting there after having explored the entire room, like, okay, where do I go? Yeah, sometimes I get so... I That's one of my biggest um, pet peeves with video games is is puzzles that you can't solve, not because you haven't tried, but because you haven't tried something which you kind of just have to go, oh, well, maybe this, I don't know, rather mm-hmm. than something that you're actually solving from... The logic that the puzzle's setting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get really, really frustrated with games that do that. Well, part of it, I will admit, um, it's again one of the more interesting aspects of the game that the, that I really like. But it's also probably the ones that I had the most trouble figuring out is actually um, communicating with Trico because that's a lot of like a lot of the bigger stuff that you know in terms of navigating the ruins that you you do require his help for. Um, and the way his his AI is programmed, you know, he he will obey commands, but he's very much at least they've, the way they programmed, he's very much uh, an individual, you know, animal. So he has needs, and he has, you know, sometimes he'll get distracted by something, and he'll <laughs> want to follow, like say, oh, so, this looks cool. So he'll go over. He's like, no, Trico, I need you to come back over here. We need to jump over this ravine. I can't do it alone. Help. That sounds amazing. Uh, but. Like you know, like I said, like that can be really frustrating if you you know that's the kind of you know if that kind of mechanic really gets on your nerves. But in the same sense, it also can be seen as a positive because that kind of gives Trico a bit more of a character to himself. That, yeah, you know, it's like oh, he's not gonna he's not gonna be like this this brainless AI that's just gonna do everything you want to do when you want to do it. I mean, he's this big giant hulking thing. He does he does what he wants to do. You're just kind of along for the ride and the. The only yeah. reason why he's helping you is because he cares about you because you've helped him. So it's like you said, the, you could say that's a you know that fact that he's got that in, kind of sort of independence could be a frustration. But I like it, for in my perspective, that only made the game all the more stronger because it you know you're really forging a bond with this this character, not just this thing that's just yeah, along for the ride yeah. and serving to help you solve puzzles. And but one point that I have to make uh, sure I emphasize in terms of, uh, you know, what this game does right is the fact that the animation itself, not just on your character, but on Trico, is probably the best animation I have seen in a game bar none. Whoa. I, I, I mean, I, 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 I believe me, I, I, after I finished the game, I sat there long and hard. <laughs> about in terms like you know okay well you know there I've I've played a lot of really stylized video games like I've played Okami I've played Gravity Rush recently that was a huge just that was an amazing presentation in terms of uh, you know stylized video game animation and you know then there's a lot of and there's been also a lot of great motion capture and work in in video game animation recently and that is you know worth acknowledging but in terms like I don't know there's just something about this game in terms of like I think. What really sold me on it was the acting. The acting between oh. not just, you know, Trico, but also, you know, the interactions between the, the player character and Trico are incredible. Oh, yeah, like, this te- this team are, yeah, are the best animators in video games because 
were just when you look at what they were able to do even with with Ico with these very um I mean not not just in in terms of like the design and the lighting mm-hmm. they had to like innovate and work with the restrictions that they had um one of the restrictions that they didn't have was with just creating beautiful animation mm-hmm. and that's why I think the the games are so replayable even today, which cannot be said of many other games that came out in 2002 and 2005. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that they're still designed beautifully and design is good design is timeless, mm-hmm. regardless of the, um, the graphic capabilities. And also, yeah, the animation is, is, um, is engaging in itself. And it really carries a lot of the story because, um, like I said, the fact that the, one of the, the key aspects of the studio when they make games around a specific theme or concept is that they try to use or um, animations and mechanics and whatnot that are, all are supposed to sell this experience. And considering the fact that this a lot of this story is a mystery and how, you know, where you got where you are and what mm. what's this for and, you know, what who who built this? Why you're here? How, yeah. Why, you know, why are the, you know, um you know, why is the uh, Trico creature why is this here? And is in are there others like it? Um but, you know, it's it's like I said, because that all that's, you know, you're you're finding this out as you go and there's really only an outside narration of the, you know, the main character Obviously, in a past tense, he's retelling this experience after a point. Um, so, you know, that's kind of like a bit of a guy. But other other than that, it's a lot of just, you know, you kind of running around and kind of building the story as you go and experiencing it. And a lot of that is told, you know, in terms of the characters, you know, since he's only got this big, you know, creature to talk off of, there's really not much to say. But so a lot of it's, you know, his character is told through how he behaves on screen. And I remember when I was first playing this game, I loved this sequence where you're, you know, you've earned Trico's trust, you're trying to find a way forward, and you're going into this really, like, stark white room. Like, it's got this, like, white polished, like, marble. There's water in this little pool in the center, and then there's, like, this big, like, molded sarcophagus kind of thing lying on the mm. far corner. And you go into this room, you've kind of, like, you worked your way through, like, this, um, like, this cracked stone in order to get in here. But as soon as you enter inside and you have, you know, your character's just kind of standing there, he starts fidgeting because, and he's, you know, breathing heavily. It's, you know, you know, it's telling you that whatever, you know, regardless of how this room looks, it's cold. It's freaking cold. And right. you see it with the way he kind of stands and just kind of moving around, you know, trying to keep warm, you know, kind of, you know, the kind of run that you do, like when you're just, you know, trying to warm up, you know, like you're running in place kind of thing. Yeah, and kind of like rubbing your leg up and you know one standing leg and rubbing the other leg up against it to kind of like create friction. It's it was so cool to see, just you, just that kind of simple animation. You don't have to tell us that it's cold. I mean, you know, you, you know, oh, yeah. going into this room and grabbing this item and then going right back out. That's all you're going in this room to do. But the fact that they went out of their way to share that detail, like oh. You know, the characters, you know, the characters running around in this in these like hard stone, you know jagged like rocks and bare feet like literally mm. just he's just wearing some kind of like a toga or whatnot that's all he's got on him so all the other harsher elements he can't really defend himself against so it's just like ah oh, i don't know it just it made it really added something and there're like little bits of that 
all throughout the game. It's all it's all about involving you, and it's about getting you to believe and invest in what's going on. Mm-hmm. And this game knows how to do just that so well. Even only like the first like ten fifteen minutes, and I'm already yeah. like, okay, all right, game. It was worth the wait. It was worth c- over ten years waiting for you. I can't wait to play it. <laughs> it's. I would almost say it's worth buying a PS4, uh, PS4 for, but that's like I said, there are plenty of other <laughs> games that are coming out. And if um, not last year, but this upcoming year, uh, for the PlayStation Four, that are just amazing. Like I said, Kingdom Hearts uh, two point eight was uh, amazing. If you're a, if you're a fan of that franchise, um, I'm also really super excited for the. Uh, I think this actually later this month there's um, a game coming out from Platinum Games. Uh, called uh, Near Automata. I don't know if you're familiar with the original Near, but that was also a pretty big. Uh, it's like um, I, I would say cult classic video game. Oh yeah, I've not, I don't think I have heard of it. It's so good, and I I'll have to go more in depth on that later. But that's coming out later this year, and there's there's a um, like the Zero Dawn, where it's kind of like I think Chris and I were talking about when we were going through like the E3 presentation games it almost looks like mono no um <clears throat> losing voice again mononoke princess mononoke with giant robot animals so Whoa. it's just yeah okay. no it looks great <laughs> so yeah it's like i think if you're if the it's the time is if you ever considered investing in a playstation 4 i think this year is definitely the year to do it because it's there are so many good games coming out are you sure the the year that the switch is coming out that you know what I had almost forgotten about that, so I guess at that point it really you just kind of just weigh your options. Like, okay, which which will I be playing more of? Mm. I pretty much bought a Wii U, and I think honestly the only game I ever bought was Mario Kart Eight. Aww, and that was not a waste at all. Mm mm. Uh, that was not a waste at all. So, yeah, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. I'll hopefully hopefully soon. If nothing else, even if um, it might not be exactly the same experience as actually playing it, I would recommend watching at least like the first 10-15 minutes of. I Last can't Guardian. handle. I, I'll get too jealous if I watch. A, <laughs> if I watch a let's play, I'll get too jealous. No, can't do it. <laughs> then all I, in I, good time. I was not. I was not good at being one of those kids who was like, "Oh, now it's my turn to watch you play." Like, no, <laughs> must be me. <laughs> All the time. Well, I could I could do multiplayer games, but just um, yeah, no, I'm not going to deal with watching a, <laughs> a let's play. So is that um is that uh it? Are we? I think that's a that's a wrap up for this week. Um, that's that's, that's all I have. Had, uh, that's all I really had time to really invest in, other than you know the Annie Awards and uh just Sword and the Stranger and the Last Guardian. Those those have been my big things this week. So. Yeah, that's that's about it for the water cooler, and I think that's about it for this uh, for this episode. So um, once again, thank you all for uh, everyone who's tuning in. Thank you for joining us. If you uh, would like to um, follow more of uh, Animation for Adults and all of our uh, news articles and reviews, just you know, go ahead to our website and explore around a little bit more. Um, then we've also for more of our podcasts, you can uh, tune in. We also have a page for our podcast episodes. You can also find our podcast episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podcast.com. 
And feel free to follow us on social media and also check out our Patreon page if you want to support our um, not just our podcast but the website itself. We're trying to see if we can add some new content. So we'll include all the links to the following in the show notes, including the um, the link to the Annie Awards uh, presentation. Because, like I said, if you haven't had a chance to see it all the way through, definitely check it out. It was a really good perfor- uh, good show. So, um, Dan, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Hamu. Very good. And if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me at uh, Fail2Ninja on Twitter. And for all of our social media, uh, uh, Animation for Adults is also on Facebook, Twitter. Oh, gosh, this is all the part. This is always the part that I have trouble with. Ugh, plugging. <laughs> plugs. Curse you, it's plugs. A lot to, it's a lot to remember. Google Plus. Uh, <laughs> thank, uh, you for, thank you for your help, Dan. Google and, uh, Plus, uh, Tumblr. T- Tumblr. Name Bebo. that social media. That's that's the um, that's going to be a new segment now. <laughs> Name that social media. <laughs> uh, Tumblr, um, Twitch, and oh, not Twitch. I'm sorry. Oh my Twitch, god. Twitch, Bebo, yeah. Instagram, <laughs> Snapchat. Uh, what was that one? That Elo. Are we on Elo? No, I'm, as far as I'm aware, no, we are not. I'll, I'll have to de- I'll have to confer with Chris, but yes, we are uh, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, um, Tumblr, and uh, Instagram. I know are the definite ones that uh, we have for AFA. So if you're on any of those and you would like to follow more um, more events with Animation for Adults, by all means, look us up on those forms of social media. And until next time, uh, we'll catch you next for uh, that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Try that again. <clears throat> Thanks again for joining us, and we will see you next time on episode 68. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and take care.